0: excited about this episode of Stephen Interviews Cool People. I am here with Graham Farrell, the man behind the Twitter account known as Connecting Sports Writers and Podcasters. As of right now, it is over 7,000 followers, so something to keep an eye on. Graham, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm glad to be here, Stephen. Uh, I think your podcast is pretty cool. I'm glad to kind of tell you a little bit about what Connecting Sports Writers and Podcasters is.
0: Yeah, so the account can be found on Twitter. It's at Connecting SW. As I said, Connecting Sports Writers and Podcasters. And just to get going, Graham, can you kind of share the, you know, the message, the reasoning behind starting the account and what prompted you to start it?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. So a couple of years ago I uh I started a podcast and for a long time I wanted to talk sports and I, I was always you know, I was always very sports knowledgeable. I played sports. And one day I decided to start a podcast. Long story short, a couple months later, I I was like, you know what, I want to write. So, you know, I'm not making any money. And I'm uh, running the Johnny Robbins podcast, the podcast I used to run. And I started working for Student Union Sports. And it led me to, you know, promoting my work and, you know, trying to connect with other sports writers. And when you become a writer and a podcaster, it's about getting more eyes on your work and getting more people to see it. And the more people that you can get to see your work is is for the better. You know what I'm saying? You want to put out a good product, and you want people to see it. So a couple years in, you know, I'm writing and I'm podcasting. I created an account, and I was like, you know what? There's no place, really. You know, there's forums, you know, off of Twitter. But Twitter is the main spot for sports writers and podcasters. So I thought if I could create a community that helped major blogs and and -and up-and-coming blogs from you know all all of, all blogs really, if I can help them get writers and help writers connect with them, then I've created something no one else created. I've created essentially a place where I'm the middleman, and I help people get jobs, and I help blog, blog and websites get writers. So you know I didn't really think of it as anything until a while I realized that you know I'm getting fifty to a hundred direct messages a day asking people you know people asking me for help and. I was absolutely ecstatic to help. It was, you know, there's such nice messages I was getting from people, you know, helping people get jobs, some paid, some not. A lot of them are, some, of them, not saying not a lot of them, but a lot of them start unpaid and you can work your way into money. But the account has grown, grown so much over the past six months, you know, with a lot of verified accounts following it, you know, SB Nation, fan-sided affiliates, just a lot of bigger accounts following it. And I also help podcasters by promoting their stuff. So it's been a really interesting ride to help sports writers and podcasters connect, meet people that are also interested in their writing, and also just help people generally get jobs when they want to write. So,
0: I came across the account. I believe I saw a tweet. Um, I'm on the page now, but it was a tweet along the lines of, you know, if you're a sports writer, or podcaster, retweet this, like it. You know, let's connect as a community. And I saw this maybe a few weeks ago and I was like, oh this is really cool checked out the site and here we are now but how long did it take for you to see you know results of people reaching out to you via you know DM or just tweeting at you because like you said Twitter's such a good place for writers and podcasters in sports you know was it was it quick results or did did it take a little bit of time to build the account?
1: Uh, it was a lot quicker than I thought I, I didn't know at first that Twitter had you could only follow 5,000 people without, without having 5,000 followers. So I had quickly followed a ton of people to create this account without knowing that I'd have to unfollow them if I wanted to keep growing or gain followers. And I, or, you know, at first I was following a lot of people, but then I organically gained followers in like the first part after a month or two. And that's when people really started, you know, hitting me up, you know, asking, Hey man, can you help with this? You know, hey, can you help me with this? Hey, my blog needs writers. And so we just continue to help people out, and we continue to grow. And it didn't take a crazy long time, as you would think. But it really is cool, you know, dealing with writers and podcasters on a daily basis, seeing these people, reading their work. You know, we also do an article of the week or a writer of the week slash article of the week. Where we get about 200 to 300 submissions from writers of their articles. And we get to go through and read every single one of them and pick the writer or the story that we like best and then promote it on our profile. So,
0: I like this account a lot because I know when I was looking for sports writing gigs, you know, I, I've been with Fansided for several years. I just Googled, like, how do I apply to write about sports? Uh, there's nothing like this. Maybe there was. I couldn't find it. But it was a lot more difficult. Like you're saying, you're getting all these submissions and everything. In your view... How are you uniquely qualified to run this account and you know, help connect writers? What do you see as your own you know, personal experiences or strengths, maybe using digital media that helps you succeed in this?
1: Well, you know, at first, about three years ago, I didn't have a ton of social – I was on social media. Uh, I'd always been on social media, but I didn't really get good with it until I started promoting my own podcast and my own blogs. And then I, started, I, I was a student at Clemson University, which I still am. And I took a couple of entrepreneurship classes and some communication classes. And along those, I took some digital communications classes. And it really just kind of taught me, you know, how to market and grow. And I've, I've actually done sales before as well. So it helped me. I know how to deal with people. And, you know, I get as in many positive messages I get. I still get some mean messages like, hey, man, I want a paying job now. If you can't give me one, your account sucks. And I'm like, all right, you know, like, it's insane, you know. And that's one bad message out of 100 good ones. But at the same time, it still baffles me sometimes. But I, I think I'm qualified to do it just because of all my experience with social media, my ability to grow. This is the second brand I've grown. You know, I grew my podcast brand. And uh, I, the website I work for is still Student Union Sports. I hold the page views article on that website, and I've written – a significant amount less articles than the other writers. So about promoting and, you know, connecting people, I've always been good at keeping relationships. And my entrepreneurship, you know, kind of ability, I I actually created something in college called Colored Salt. You know, you you can't see salt, right? Salt's clear. So I thought to add color to it, and that was kind of my first entrepreneurship venue or uh, venture. And it didn't do very well. But, you know, adding color to the salt was kind of my first, you know, little... We'll venture and uh, I thought that'd be cool. And then I started this account and, you know, I just helping people out and being good with people not getting frustrated at people is a big deal. And having to deal with a hundred DMs a day, you know, and keeping a smile on your face and keeping a positive attitude while you're having to deal with all these random people hitting you up, then you, you know, you make relationships from it.
0: So the one point you mentioned about, you know, getting some bad messages once in a while, I've talked with several people in sports on past episodes who You know, their accounts kind of get bigger gradually or maybe sometimes even overnight, and they have to deal with the negatives that come with that. Maybe it's people trolling or whatnot. How do you personally handle when you get some nasty messages? Um, Are you just muting? Do you respond? Or how do you deal with that now that, you know, the account's up to 7,000 followers?
1: So I've taken some speech and debate classes, and I've always been really good at playing the devil's advocate all my life. And I know how to come at people, and I wouldn't say come at them, but I know how to you know, maybe have a constructive conversation and try and change someone's opinion without being over the top. Just the other day, a guy hit me up and was like, he tweeted me and he said, you're an idiot if you think people would want to do this without getting paid. You know, there's so many writers who have to have a platform to start on. And that's generally how I help people. Well, this guy's coming at me, calling me an idiot and saying, I'm, just a stu- I'm so stupid and everyone in the world's struggling. So I basically was just like, hey man, like, you know, I'm here to help a community grow. If you don't like that, so be it. But you're arguing, you know, with a college kid who's helping people on a Friday night about something you're not really sure of. And then he started going on and on about how all his friends were poor and they were writers. And he basically was crapping on writers. So, I mean, you know, I would assume there's a lot of people in my position who wouldn't respond. But for me, responding, if someone's coming at the direct thing I've grown and I know that I can respond in a positive manner and show people then I'm responding positively. Then they're like, okay, you know, right? Like, because I responded, basically said, this is a community to help people. You know, if you can't see that, I'm sorry, man, but we're going to keep helping. We're going to keep going. I'd like you to understand that's what it is. And some people are just, you can't, you can't argue with a man. You know, they just don't want to be argued with. You can't change their mind. But, you know, I I do respond to people when they tweet me negatively and send negative messages. But I usually do it in a positive manner because it's, you know, it's a professional account. It's here to help people. And I I don't want to, you know, I don't want to badmouth anybody. I would like to keep everything positive. It's, it's an account made for positivity and helping people grow.
0: No, that's that's a great mindset. I have one more question um, before getting, you know, one more question about, you know, social media before getting to some of the positives of your account. One thing I think is interesting that, you know, people who use who don't use social media might not really grasp is you're communicating with, like you said, if you're getting 100 DMs in one day, that's 100 strangers, you could, if you wanted to, you could just not respond to any. What do you see as the value of, you know, if total strangers are reaching out to you and you're taking the time, you know, to respond to them, you know, thoughtfully, how do you see that as a positive, you know, for journalism in general? Do you think maybe you doing that can inspire others to do the same?
1: Uh, I think it's, it's a little bit of both. Uh, I think it's me kind of, it feels good helping other helping others in a sense, you know, like when, when you're sitting down and you help someone out, like when you help someone, it feels good. But at the same time I created something and now it's like, it's the only really entity out there. like it. And I believe that if I didn't do it, that no one would do it. And I like seeing these people be happy and, you know, do things and connect and send me these positive messages and helping all these random people. At the same time, they're getting connected with me, but I'm also getting connected with them. So, you know, in the future, in in my line of work, I want to be a broadcaster, maybe some writing, but it also helps me gain connections from the other side because I'm dealing with directly with these blogging websites and I'm dealing directly with these writers and I have verified guys hit me up, verified women hit me up, you know, these verified writers and, you know, their connections, you know, I'm, I'm making connections as well as helping other people. But at the end of the day, we did, in the past couple of weeks, so we normally tweet out what blogs, like, hey, they're hiring, but for self-promotion. I mean, for self-promotion, we started to do paid ads. So you can pay $10, basically, to self-promote. Now, you don't have to do that. But for me, to, my, the account is strictly based on blogging websites, getting writers, and writers getting jobs. And the article of the week is how you self-promote. So if you strictly want to write out a tweet, a full tweet, and self-promote yourself on this tweet, then you can send $10 through Venmo, and you can craft whatever tweet you want, and I'll tweet exactly what you want to be tweeted, and retweet it three to four times a day for two days. But like I said, it's all about people getting your eyes on your work, so I also, you know, there's an angle that I think eventually I want to make a website with it, and make it maybe not profitable, but... Maybe make it something, you know, I'm putting all these man hours in, you know, maybe it's something that I could make some money off of in the future, uh, you know, helping these people, you know. but, But that's pretty far down the line that, I, you know, the website making money thing. Right now, I'm just focused on helping people get jobs and continuing to do what I
0: do day in and day out. And right now, are you the only one who is running it and responding to all the people?
1: Yes, I do it. I do it alone. I say we in the tweets a lot. Uh, it sounds a little bit more professional to say we because, I mean, I don't want, you know, it's, it's almost like I'm doing this all by myself. And, like, a lot of people don't know how much work it really is sitting and responding to direct messages. It's like if you if you run a business and you're responding to emails all day, it's the same thing. And then I'm going and looking for this person a job. I'm looking for these blogs that contact me. I'm finding the a guy hits me. I'm talking about I want to be a MLS writer. So it's then it's on me to go help this guy or this girl find a job writing about MLS. So, you know, it's, I'm doing two things at once and I'm doing it all by myself. And I'm really doing it out of the kindness of my heart, which I want to keep doing. But the self, if you want to self promote, I would say that's, you know, that's worthy of a paid, if you want to self promote yourself, go ahead. But if you want to do it on my account, like when people are asking like, Hey, can you retweet this? I'm like, yeah, I will. But the account is strictly for this purpose. If you would like me to self promote, you can run a paid ad. And, you know, I, I don't want to sound like I'm a selling out or anything like that, but I just thought I've been doing all this hard work. It'd be nice to make a little bit of money from it.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable at all, considering how, how much some people command for, you know, tweeting from their accounts. So if it's getting you a job, or not you a job, but someone else a job, I think that's completely fair. And that kind of leads me to, like I said, move on to the positives. I want to ask you. Can you name maybe one or two, you know, top interactions you've had, maybe where you've gotten someone a job and they've given you like a like a progress update on that where something really good happened?
1: Um I'm trying to think. Specifically, uh let's see. Well I got a guy so a guy that works for us for Student Union Sports. He got a job the other day with Cincy on the Prowl, I believe it is, which is a fan sided account for Cincinnati. And I thought it was pretty cool he got that. So my favorite interaction of all is I can't, his name is slipping my mind, but he was our first writer of the week winner, and he still tweets me his like articles and stuff, and I love reading them. He's a he's blind. He's a writer and he is legally blind, but he still continues to write, and his articles are really good. They're about MMA and like pro, I think pro wrestling and boxing, mostly about mixed martial arts and combat sports. But to me, it was so intriguing. Uh, this guy writes with a disability, and he writes every day. So it really, really was just so cool to see somebody, you know, with sort of a handicap, continue to do something that they really love. You know, he didn't let the odds defy what he wanted it to do. He went out and did it, and that that just that makes me so happy to see this guy doing what he loves.
0: You know? Yeah, that's that is really cool, and it kind of you know brings back to your point before. You're replying to all these messages. You're putting in all the man hours, but I mean, it's got to feel pretty awesome when, you know, you're doing this. Maybe you think sometimes like, oh, I don't know if I should be doing this. And then you get a story like that.
1: Yeah, and that story to me was just, I mean, it was almost heartwarming. I was like, man, this is awesome. Like, I just love seeing someone defy the odds.
0: And that's, that's
1: a big thing for me. I, I'm, I don't want to say was an underdog, but when you're legally blind and you want to be a writer, that's pretty tough.
0: Yeah, that is a cool story. That is really cool. And, I mean, it's good for the writer too. He was able to, you know – I mean he keeps tweeting you the articles, so he must think it was some like an inspiration from you, so that's really neat. And I wanna ask, kinda on that topic too, like with that type of connection, with you know, nowadays so many people want to write online. I know I as have said in past episodes, I manage a Buffalo Bills website in the fan side of network and you know, getting a lot of applications, there's a lot of people they are writing for free. Um, It's a launching point for some, it's a hobby for others, but there's just a lot of people looking for stuff. So for you personally, do you think kind of the method you're using now, uh, people reaching out to you and you kind of searching for them, do you think that's going to be kind of a trend in digital journalism since it may be so tough to get a foot in the door?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think that this is the start of something new. I think that, that writers have such a hard time finding websites to write for When now they have, if if they find out about this account, they realize how easy of a platform they have. Like you can literally just send me a message and I can get you a job with just about a hundred, a hundred websites. And these people want to write, all you got to do is come to me and you have, and you get, you got a platform. Boom. I pick your platform. You tell me what you want. I go find one of the blogs I work with. Boom. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like I think I do think that's the way it's going to start going because there aren't, really say like there aren't applications for unpaying you know beginning entry level writing jobs they're all unpaid so it's really hard to find those connections if you don't priorly have them so you know this this account like i said is it's just different it really is it's it's, it's helping people out that, that maybe didn't have those connections but here we go now you got now all you do is send a guy a dm and here you're i'm helping you out I do. I really believe going forward that this is this is gonna. I think that social media is gonna move towards something like this. I think this could this could be big. You know, it's it's only seven thousand followers. I mean, it's still big, but I think you get substantially bigger. You know, once bigger blogs start catching on, like you know, if an ESPN or a Barstool or an SB Nation really, really, really was like, we need writers and we we want professional, really good writers. Well, if I made the website and I had people's resumes ready to go, if I had what they're interested in writing about, what they've covered, just kind of a background of everything with like a profile picture, like I've really thought about doing the website. But I, the Twitter is Twitter is the main way to interact. You can interact with so many people at one time and see what so many people are saying. Resumes are so hard. So getting that first message and connection is just so big to me. You know, and and every my DMs are always open on Twitter, so. By the way, the guy's name was. The guy's name was. uh, Oh man, I can't find it. But I'm telling you, I'm gonna find this guy's name that won Sports Writer of the Week. The blind, the blind man. He was. He was such a phenomenal writer.
0: Oh, see, I like um, what you're talking about, like with the concept of a website and having resumes on hand. I know when I put my writing sports, you know, online blog sports writing and resumes. I'm kind of lost. I'm like, do I? Are they gonna know what I'm talking about? Um, should I put page views? Should I put I know SEO? So it's all that. So I think that's really cool. Um, just a cool concept. Do you think that's something that you would continue to have like as a paid business to host that?
1: Uh, if I did a website, I'd probably have to. I'd probably have to move toward that just because I'm. You know, I'm about to graduate college in a month, two months and I'm going to be looking for a full-time job. But, you know, that's only if it gets big enough. Right now I'm just focused on helping people out and really, you know, continuing to create a community on Twitter where people can interact, people can gain a followers, people can get their work seen by more people. You know, say 5,000 people see your article uh, through this tweet. Well, that's 5,000 more people that than they were going to see your article before. 5,000 people is a lot of eyes. And you have all these, you know, some big time writers that connect with me, that follow me. Well, they see it. You just never know what happens. You know, they really like the article. They want to bring you on SB Nation. They want to bring you on the fan side. It's like I said. There and there's other uh, there's like websites and a couple, a couple journals that follow me as well. So I'm sure follow the account. So I'm sure you know the more eyes they see, the more articles they see. They're probably skimming through the articles as well and seeing it. It's not the pe- sometimes it's not the people directly tweeting me, it's the people that follow me that have their eyes on the work. You know, people are always looking for new writers. Everyone wants a new writer on their site, and finding good writers is difficult, but going through the articles of the week and reading all those articles or seeing an article that might pique your interest, boom, a blog might pick you up, you know? And they may not credit, you know, credit the account for helping them, but I'm sure the account has helped a decent amount of people, you know, in, in that regard, pardon me.
0: So we've talked about writing a lot. I want to ask quickly too, for the podcasting aspect, is how do you view the, the account helping that? Is it more to promote podcasts where people might pay to promote it, or is it maybe people who are looking to co-host? Or what's the um, kind of the view with the podcasters?
1: Yeah, the podcast was a little. Uh, it's a little different. At first, it started as people would need guests, and I'd help them promote their guests. Did not help promote their podcast. There were so many podcasts out there, it's, like, so hard to organically gain listeners if I'm promoting 150 podcasts, you know? So then I thought, well, the more followers I can get these podcasters, the more people see their tweets, the more people see their videos, the more people listen to their podcast. So for the podcasters, it's more about getting the eyes on their stuff. So, yes, I'm here to promote podcasts, but I'm, I'm, I also want to help. The podcasters make the connections that the sports writers are making it's just a little more difficult because you can skim over an article. It takes time to really listen to a podcast
0: oh yeah i I agree with that I'm doing both and like you said getting um, you know following organically is tough, but get you know the biggest thing I've seen is you know maybe having someone like you at your account for sports podcasts sharing it that gets listeners on maybe they list the five minutes they like it they subscribe and all that so i totally see the value in that and kind of wrapping up i like to ask people who are writers journalists as yourself what are some sites that you read every single day that you know kind of inspire you and you know just to get to know you and your you know sports views a little better
1: um so i uh I'll read student, the website that I work for, and I still I run their recruiting side. I recruit writers for their website as well. And uh, I read student union sports every day. And I'm a huge – I was a huge Clemson fan growing up. I still am a Clemson fan, but I covered Clemson football this past semester. And it was pretty cool. As they won the national championship. I got to interview Trevor Lawrence, Dabo, Sweeney, and got to go on the field and stuff to watch games. It's in the press box. But Tiger Illustrated traded. is a website that I always read growing up. And then I ended up working for them in college, and it was kind of like my dream job. So I read Tiger Illustrated every day. I always read Student Union Sports. And then I don't really have another specific – I'll read Reddit, and then I'll read the articles that are submitted and tweeted to me. Uh, I read, you know, anything that piques my interest. If I see something that piques my interest on the feed, a rumor, you know, about a guy getting traded somewhere – or just an article about something that really interests me, then I'll read it. So that's the thing. I don't have super... I, Tiger Illustrated and 3U sports are the two websites that I read the most. But other than those two, I don't really have websites. I'm more of like a, a thread reader. I will watch stuff
0: on YouTube, and I, I do a lot of redditing. And as kind of, I guess I will say, we cover a lot you know, about your plans for the future of the site or what could be a site um, for the account. I want to ask you... You're giving people a lot of advice, you know, via DMs and all that. But for anyone listening, what's maybe the biggest piece of advice you have for aspiring sports writers? You know, people maybe even as young as in high school. What's you know the main piece of advice you'd have?
1: Get out there and don't be afraid to get your work shown. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to tweet at someone and ask them a question. Don't be afraid to promote your work where you think it, you think it might be embarrassing if someone sees it. Promote your work. Get it seen. The more people that see your work, the absolute better. I DM the guy that that I got the internship with, my dream internship with, and it took me time. I had to tweet him and be like, hey, can you DM me? Don't be afraid to do that. One of my good friends who I work with at Student Union Sports, I told him, I said, listen, what you need to do, you've been a South Carolina fan all your life. Go DM a rival's website or a 24 website. website writer, and ask if you can intern with them. Don't be afraid. Your friends will be like, oh, why are you shooting them a DM? Like, that's embarrassing. You know, people always care about what people think about them. When you're a sports writer, you can't care on the Internet because people are going to rip your stories apart. Don't worry about it. You know what I'm saying? Keep grinding. This kid ended up getting a job with Gamecock Central, and I feel like I sort of helped him out because I I pushed him to do it. I told him, I was like, don't be afraid. Go do it. Go out there. Don't be afraid of getting turned down everybody's going to get told no. So keep writing, keep getting eyes on your work, and don't be afraid to shoot your shot when it comes to getting with jobs.
0: I will add on to that advice really quick. When I tweet people to be podcast guests on the show, I will frequently hashtag it as shooting my shots. So I appreciate the advice, and I agree with that. The worst thing anyone could do is say no or not respond. They're not going to like ridicule you. So it is weird how you say that, how people care so much.
1: Yeah, people's biggest fear is being told no. Well, guess what? At the end of the day, when you get told no, what happens? A second of sadness, a second of, man, I wish she wouldn't have said no, or I wish she wouldn't have said no. It's just a second, and then it's over. And if you're in sales, if you're in writing, it doesn't, if you're in broadcasting, it doesn't matter what you're in. You're gonna be wrong. You're gonna be told no. You can't worry about it. You gotta keep pushing on through. And that's how, I mean, that you just, like you said, with podcast guests, when I used to run my podcast, I shot my shot all the time. I mean, I had a, I had a following and like a lot of my followers were behind me. If I tweeted someone to come on, they would usually harass the person, you know, like, Hey, you need to come on the podcast. Hey, come on. They usually join with me. But at the same time, you just got to ask, you know, don't be afraid to put your name out there. Don't be afraid to get your work seen. That's the best thing you can do is get, get more eyes on your
0: article that you've written. I am a hundred ten percent on board with that advice and I hope perhaps as someone listening, maybe they follow your account to see this episode and they will be inspired. So I appreciate the advice and that will do it for this episode of Stephen Interviews Cool People. Graham, do you wanna first um, you know, maybe for people who don't know where to find you everywhere, plug your work and yourself really quick before I do the same.
1: Yeah, uh you can follow me at Johnny Rombos on Twitter, or you can just search my name, Graham Farrell, G-R-A-H-A-M-F-E-R-R-E-L-L, or you can just find me at Connecting Sportswriters and Podcasters. You know, I'm not about personal promotion as much. I just want to – this account is about helping people out. So if you want to follow me, the guy behind, you know, Connecting Sports Writers, go ahead. It's at Johnny Rombos, J-O-H-N-N-Y-R-A-M-B-O-S. But if you want to, just follow Connecting Sportswriters. If you're a writer or a podcaster, shoot me a message. Get involved. Don't be afraid to get told no. I respond to 100% of the DMs that are sent to me. I've never not responded to a direct message. As ridiculous as messages I've gotten, I always respond. So just send me the message,
0: okay? Let me know. I will, of course, when I share this episode, be sharing all the Twitter handles Graham just mentioned. As for myself and the show, this is another episode of Stephen interviews cool people, which can now be found on the list goes on. We have iTunes, um, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. The episodes are going up on YouTube, uh, just as kind of a backup in case you are a YouTube person. Be sure to. Rate the show, subscribe, do it, tell your friends. There's a lot of cool past episodes. We've covered everything from sports journalism to the fire Festival, so be sure to check it out. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. I hope everyone maybe gets a little inspiration from it. And, Graham, once again, thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, hey, Stephen, thank you so much, man. I really enjoyed it. I think you're super
0: cute girl but I keep to myself No time to talk to anybody